Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute from being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Interview on Amazing Women. Her name is Jasmine Turley, and I met her last year at Wheel Grow. We were part of a full intensive day of networking and kind of working on our businesses and stuff. And I was immediately drawn by her beautiful makeup, her beautiful energy. And then when she started talking about her work over there in Utah with postpartum women and integrating kind of like more traditional Latinx stuff or like native stuff into it, I was like, this is really interesting. And I really want to include her down the road. So Jasmine, without any further ado, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited too. So can you please tell us a little bit about you, the work that you do and your favorite part? Yeah. So I am a birth doula. I'm a postpartum doula, but I practice as much as I can the cuarentena practices. I do Reiki and what else? I do yoni staining and I'm an artist. And so I just combine all of them and I run Woman in Co. And then I also, with my partner, we run the postpartum revolution as well, where it's like an event and conference series to empower and educate on the postpartum series moments. Mm, that was so important. What got you into this? What got me into it was. My own experience as a woman, especially postpartum, nobody kind of gave me a heads up in birth and nobody gave me a heads up in postpartum either. And it really took me, I had two pregnancies and a really rough miscarriage. So it took me all three of those to finally be like, this is not okay. This, I felt like this happened to me and I wasn't a part of it, if that makes sense. And so my birth with my youngest it wasn't traumatic, but it was like a whirlwind. Like it was a roller coaster. And after that, I just remember leaving. I was like, I wish I knew where my voice was during that. And after that, that's when I went and got trained to be a doula. Um, I found my mentor, Soraya, who is a cuarentena doula. And she's been mentoring me. And that's when I found out about Yoni seating. And I just dived deep into it just for my own healing and educational purposes. And as I began to heal and give myself knowledge, I thought, why isn't this available to everybody? Like I shouldn't have paid $500 to know something as simple as like a hip squeeze or like just different recipes. Like they should all just be common knowledge that if we're not getting it from our healthcare providers, at least we're getting it from our friends at baby showers, our mothers or our doulas, just, it should just be readily accessible so we can have the best opportunity we can to go into this amazing journey of motherhood and heal like physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually and give the best that we can to the next generation. So that's what got me into it was honestly my own healing journey and just wanting to make this available to everybody. Yeah. This is a beautiful story. Something that struck from 
that, I mean, got my attention that you were saying was that you felt like you did not have a voice and you wanted to get your voice back. I think that's a beautiful, or, or something along those lines. I think it was a beautiful analogy because I felt that same way. And for anyone that's listening that you're probably in the postpartum or if you're preparing for, just know that, you know, there's usually a normal process of like getting somewhat lost because you're birthing also a new person in yourself. But, you know, how you mentioned how you were like finding your voice back and getting empowered because that's what I was also listening by you learning all these things, getting empowered to know that there were some things that you could do to heal better and to help you. Yeah. And I think we all deserve that. Um, something that my mentor Soraya taught me was like in Latin America, they have the traditional belief that when a woman gives birth, her soul leaves her body to make room for a new soul to enter the earth. And so what's been lost in our postpartum care is helping mothers find a way to return back to herself and find her soul and her voice again. And I think that's why so many of us are kind of in this lost limbo of like, who am I dealing with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and even just like the physical pains and the emotional pains of it. When really it's like such a beautiful moment that if we had the right support, like we can feel so empowered from it instead of feeling so lost in it. Yeah. And I love that idea in, you mentioned South America and Central America. The, that the soul leaves the woman's body. Yeah, to make yeah. room for the new soul to enter Earth's side. Yeah. And for those that might be listening and be like, how long is that process? <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to say in terms of like, how long does that process take or what can help that process? Yeah. Smoother? Yeah. I think everybody's process depends on each person individually. And I think the best thing you can do is to prepare and to find a support system. So if you're noticing, if you're having anxiety or depression, like speak to your partner if you have one, speak to your mother if you have one, and work as a team to find a mental health specialist. Go find a doula, go find a curandera, and let your friends know. My first one, I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety and healing was just so hard and I didn't tell anybody because I thought I just had to grin and bear it because what I had an example of postpartum is what I saw on TV where it just seemed like a very perfect Gerber baby commercial and so I felt almost ashamed that I was I loved my kid and I was so excited that I had the baby but I felt so much shame in thinking that I needed to ask for help and so I think the biggest obstacle for preparing for your postpartum period and your healing is the belief system that society has put on us that even though postpartum recovery has a long history, not alone in Latin America, but in Asia and India and just throughout the world is that now universally we feel shame of asking for help because we think it's extravagant, luxurious. And sometimes like we feel kind of greedy for it and we shouldn't. And because we think like, how am I going to ask people to cook for me or clean the house? And who am I to say no to a visitor and set boundaries when they just want to see my baby? And so a lot of us are uncomfortable with voicing our needs and sitting in the spotlight in this way. But I really think the biggest way of preparing is acceptance of receiving help from others during this time and realizing that it's a gift and like the natural order of things and not like an indulgence. But this is just part of the process. Yeah. 
And something else that stopped, you know, in my mind was also like thinking, were you born and raised in the U.S. or in Costa Rica? Well, my family is from Costa Rica and they immigrated to Montreal, Quebec. And then they had me. And then my mom, when she was postpartum with me, there was a recession, if I remember the story correctly, in Quebec. And my parents were completely unemployed. So when I was a baby, I never met my dad because he took a bus to Utah to find a job. And then until he found it like a manageable income, he paid for my mom and I to immigrate. And so that's, I was raised in Utah, but that kind of was why I didn't have like that helpful partner because my mom was in survival mode and like she had a baby. They were homeless. They were immigrating. And so for me, I think it was a privilege to have the space to feel it and have the space to educate myself since yeah. my mom didn't have the opportunity. Mm, yeah. And the other thing is also like reclaiming this knowledge that our ancestors had. Because, you know, I know you mentioned kind of like, oh, I could have just learned, you know, the hip squeeze and all those basic kind of things that probably our ancestors used to do. But when we move to this country or we go through like different situations and we're in survival mode, those things get out. We're just like thinking about the basic home, food, place to sleep, and we're probably are completely ignoring everything else. Yeah, it gets lost a lot. Yeah, okay. And in terms of like, I know you mentioned like physically, mentally, and spiritually, I want to break it down a little bit because I've had other episodes of postpartum, but it's more with mental health providers about you know, I kind of like mentally and emotionally, but mm -hmm. I wanted to have this episode in particular because I think it's so important that we, you know, how the physical impacts everything else and how we often forget it. And yes, we can have all the support and all that, but there's some basic information about the physical healing part. So what are some of your recommendations or your go-tos when you have a postpartum mom in terms of physically healing? Yeah. So with my quarantena, practices in particular. I honor the five essentials of postpartum healing, which is retreat. And that's just for the mom to think that she's kind of like in a baby moon inside her home and just stay close to home. And if people want to see you, they come to you. Warmth. I tell people like warmth is the biggest thing for physical healing because warmth creates circulation in your blood. And once your blood's circulating, that helps promote healing physically because Everything that you just birthed, like you lost a lot of blood, you have a big, what's the word? You have a big, so when your placenta detaches, like you have a big, I want to say injury, but it's not an injury. You need to heal internally. And it's like the size of a plate on your belly. And a lot of us think like if you had an external injury that big, you would be put on bed rest. But because it's internal, a lot of us don't see it and don't acknowledge that our body needs to heal that where the placenta and the baby was. And so we're up and going, we're doing yoga, we're going to brunch when really you should wow, just yeah. like lie down and rest and eat healthy foods. So I say warmth is the biggest one. And then support again and then rest and ritual and honor the significance and the sacredness of this time. And in the ritual, that's where I do my quarantena and I cleanse the mother and we do an ancestral herbal bath. Um, we warm the mother. So we wrap her in ribosos. We have a heating pad. We heat up the house and just make sure she's really, really warm. And we align her 
with the cerrado postparto, which is known as closing of the bones here. And then we nourish and hold space for her because that helps so much with the physical body, all of that. Hmm. I love it. I love it. So I was writing them. So just to make sure, so number one is retreat and stay home and have like a baby mom, warm, second, third, support. Then I missed the fourth and then I had the ritual. It was an embrace. Oh, the fourth was just embracing rest. Okay. And just create a condition where like, even though you're waking up a lot at night because you're feeding the baby, just figure out ways of during those times, how can you create the utmost rest, especially during the day? Can you have help with the baby so you can rest and relax? Can you take turns with your partner? Rest is very, very important. Yeah. And it's also something that people are not necessarily used to. Yeah. That analogy of having like a size of a plate injury outside, like an open wound that we don't see because that gives like a good visual for people to kind of, you know, like you cut, bruise your leg and you're like putting it high and putting like a band-aid and cleaning it up. But internally, we don't do that. Exactly. And I feel like we're just too busy. I feel like social media can be a good thing, but also it can be a negative thing because we see all the moms bouncing back. Yeah. And we're not like tennis balls. Like we don't need to bounce back. You're like, you never lost your body, but we do need a rest because I do think internally, like your organs, just like how you're working functionally, your pelvis should go back to being healthy and recover. But we focus on the superior, like the superficial things of like your waistline and making sure you fit in your leggings again. And we should really think internally, physically what's going on. Yeah. And when you mentioned the nourishing foods, any in particular that are your go-tos? So with foods, I would make sure that they're warm, gentle foods. And so, for example, when I have a client and they are in labor, I meet them in the hospital room or at home, wherever they choose to give birth after. And I make them a nice warm atole from scratch. Atole, not atole, sorry. Because that has with oatmeal and POCO because the oatmeal helps with breastfeeding. The POCO helps regulate their blood sugar and it just tastes like a warm dessert. So just think warms and soft. And then like caldo, like bone broth is really good. And then realize that be mindful of soft, warm and nutritious foods because sometimes you have a baby in the hospital and they give you like a cold cut sandwich or they give you like a meal to celebrate and it's a steak. And as yummy as those are, because your body is working so hard to heal physically, the energy that it takes to digest those alone takes away from your healing. And then that's why a lot of people complain about like, oh, my first poop postpartum was so like, I was fearing that more than birth. And it's like, use foods that aren't going to take away from that and use foods that are going to heal you and help with digestion. So if you're making food for your friend and you make us like chicken noodle soup, as a new mom for the first week, just have the broth and then your family can have the meat and the noodles. And then the next week, have the meat and the noodles and just slowly build off of that. And then just make sure soft and warm, easy to digest. Those are like my guidelines. Mm, that makes completely sense. That is really helpful. Mm. Yeah. I'm also like writing notes for me <laughs> for in my two months. Yes. Because definitely I couldn't after like week three, I was like, but it was because I was not getting all the support and everything, you know, but I yeah. was able to get out 
Yeah. It was so hard, you know, I, and I was longing to just be out with other moms or something. But Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah. In terms of spiritual, add a little bit of that. What are some of the ways that your quarantine practice or anything else that you include to help the mom come back and also like welcome this new soul into the world? Yeah. So my main goal as a postpartum doula is to encourage the mom to feel welcomed. I know that welcome to return back to herself and know that I'm going to hold space for her to feel safe in her own home because I know after we have a baby, we have a lot of guests that come in with their own opinions and it could be stressful and then we worry. And so my goal is that when they see me come, they can like both partner and mom can like have a deep breath of like relief and now like she's unbiased and she's just here to like give us love. Mm-hmm. And so as I prepare the space to do the closing of the bones and everything, my goal is to encourage the new mother soul to return to her body. And so that requires me to prepare the space. So some essentials for that physically, like how do you set the mood in your home for that and to prepare for that spiritual is like low light settings and just put a lot of soft lamps and candles. And I sage, I burn a lot of like Palo Santo sage, copal. If we have a fireplace, we light it. If not, we have candles and heaters and just creating that space of comfort because I feel like once you feel comfortable and warm and taking care of that cold space for you to tune into yourself spiritually and know that like you're safe and that it's like non-biased and that you're going to be taken care of. And then I like to anoint the mother in oils. So like there's Palo Santo oil, Caboba oil, and Clary Sage and just really like massaging her feet, massaging her hands, her womb, and just like letting her know that like her body is a goddess and it's this amazing vessel that just brought new life, not only for her baby, but for herself and just creating space and anointing her and knowing and showing her that she's sacred and showing that in like the postpartum bath and filling it with like beautiful herbs and plants. And then also when I like to do the closing of the bones of Sorel Postpatro, I like to do Reiki on the mother if she would like and just help her not only align physically, but also energetically and spiritually. So a lot of it goes into it and I do a lot of praying, a lot of meditation and a lot of preparation before I go because I know it's an honor and a privilege to be in that space with the mother. And so it's really special. I love it. I love that idea of creating the space so mom can come back, like the soul can come back. That is a beautiful visual of it. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness, it's so comforting. Even your voice is so soothing. So thank you. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of like books or resources that people can go to to read about this, and, and I know you incorporate like a lot of different practices and you made it your own. But for people that are might, that might not be in a place that they might find someone that integrates all these kind of things, where can they go to find some information? So one book I love, I'm trying to remember what the name of the book is called. It's from Kimberly Johnson, and it's called The Fourth Trimester. And that one's really well done. Also, we did have an ebook at the postpartum revolution conference, which just has like postpartum plans of like things to ask. And so I'm happy to email you that a lot of the ebook goes with the presentation, but there is a good postpartum plan there. 
that I can email to you. And then one that I absolutely love, that's like my Bible right now is the first 40 days by Hang U. And it talks a lot about this, like holding space, nurturing the mother, the five essentials. She does go over practices that are done in Asia. I am still on the look for one for Latin America. And if I don't find one until I keep telling myself, I'm like, I just need to write my own book. Like everything I learned, just put it in a Google doc. And cause it's needed. Like if so many Caucasian women in different ethnicities read these books, we as Latinas need to find a book where we can find our recipes and everything. I have my notebooks filled. Like whenever I talk to my mom or my grandma, of just recipes or like my mentor, I just write down everything she says. And I'm like, this needs to be written in a book somewhere. So I'm still on the hunt of building my library postpartum books because they're very little. <laughs> I can see and I can imagine, but I think that would be great because again, it's like that piece of reclaiming this information, that colonization and many other acts of, you know, collective trauma took it out. And I think yeah. because I even think about like I was raised and born and raised in Puerto Rico and they don't necessarily talk about this. I think it was because, you know, Puerto Rico is part of U.S. and blah, blah. So I don't remember my grandma talking about any of this 40 days in la quarantena. There was something they will mention, but nothing like I've learned from my some of my clients from Central America that are still a little more connected to their ancestors. And I'm like wow, where did we lose this? Because I bet, you know, the African that came to the island probably did a lot of these things, and even the natives, the Tainos, probably also did. So it's kind of, but it's like, where can we find that? Because a lot of these books, unfortunately, how you mentioned, is a lot of Caucasian people that are learning, that they're going to learn these things, and then they write about it. But we want to learn it also from people like us. Yeah. And it's, we need our narrative to be told because I feel like birth has already been colonized and written for us a lot. And I feel like now there's this reawakening in postpartum. But again, it's the Caucasian perspective, which is amazing, but a lot of their healing modalities, you're like, wait a minute. Right. My abuelita was telling me about this. Like this should be told from her perspective instead kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Completely agreed. So I would. This is just to urge you more to write that book, (laughs) to write that book. And where can people find you? So on Instagram right now. So there's Woman in Co, which is W-O-M-B-X-N-C-O. I'm working on my website and I'm really excited because it should be done hopefully in the next two weeks. But because I am a mother of two very young boys, I've had to stop taking birth clients, for example, because it's hard to be on call when you don't have on call sitters. And so, but I've been meeting lots of women of color saying like, but I want a doula that speaks Spanish or of color. And it's really hard to find. So I'm creating a woman in color wellness collaborative on my website where people can find women of color healers and doulas and birth workers on my page. Cause I was like, if I can't be everything for everyone, at least I can create a community to connect them to. So once I have my website done, I'm hoping it'll just be wombxn.co. So my same Instagram handle. Okay. And then postpartum specifically, it's me and my partner and she does lactation education. 
And that's the postpartum revolution. And we do biannual conferences and a lot of events throughout the community here in Utah. So yeah, how you can find us. That's all good. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to like mention? Any last thoughts before we end? No, I just want to encourage mothers that it's okay to do very little, especially the first 40 days. Like your focus solely should be on bonding and getting to know your new baby and yourself and know that just doing those things alone is abundantly enough and it's not too little. And so just to be okay with that and give yourself space to accept that, especially in our society where we're like a hustle mentality and know that that's a lot that you're doing just those things and just to honor that space. Yeah. This will be a great episode for your partners and your family members to listen to it. And if you have family members that are Spanish speaking, no worries. Cause right after I finish this interview, we're going to do it in Spanish as well, because I think a lot of times it's, in those moments, we have those people with us, like our partners, our family members, and they can make it or break it. So by them also listening and learning this information can help to support you. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited. And, you know, everybody that has any questions, you can communicate directly with Jasmine as well via her handles and her website that should be up when this episode comes out. So I'm so excited about that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time.